Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello, Tyler. Hi, Ryan. What's going on? Oh, I don't know. We're having yeah, we're, fun today. We're splicing this one together. You can see oh. I'm looking down at you, but the D- camera's up here. So D- Duct tape and mailing wire. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm in a new office that is 20 feet from you, Ty. Right? Rather than, uh, I, rather I think than 300 that's, miles. Um, that's a metaphor for technology nowadays. It is. We're closer is. than ever, yet further apart than we've ever I been. know. Oh, well. I'm Quite looking sad. out this window, and it is freezing cold, and I'm from St. George, and I do not like it. I know. I'm surprised I was able to get you up here to Utah County because it's mm-hmm. snowing, and you don't like snow. Nope. Do not like you're, it. I, you're, you're, you're snow averse. Yeah. I grew up with it, but for the last 15 years, I haven't had to deal with it, so sorry, I'm bud. a little bit spoiled. Sorry, sorry, bud. Hey, you know what else? Yeah. Do you know what else we've been spoiled with the last 15 years? <laughs> Uh, very low federal reserve rates. <laughs> that is one of the greatest not quite segues. <laughs> one of the greatest segues. Yeah, it's actually been close. 2007, 2008. Yeah. So 12, that's 13 today's... years. 14 years. Yeah, that's today's topic. We're going to be talking about everybody's favorite Wait, topic. We don't want to go back to St. George? No, we do not. And you hating the snow? No, I don't want to talk okay. about it anymore because snow is the worst. Snow is the worst. But we're going to talk about everybody's favorite topic for for Thanksgiving and Christmas. U.S. Yep. Treasury, yep. Federal, Federal Reserve System. Federal Reserve. And basically how that affect, affects all of our lives with inflation, interest rates. And it is. It, it's, the most, it's the most uh, in, influential part of the market in everybody's portfolio right now. Um, and, it's, and it's kind of funny because you hear it all the time. People waiting for the Fed. What's the Fed going to say? What's yep. the, what are they going to come up with? And everybody right. reacts to it. So we thought, hey, let's understand this a little bit better. I I will say though, this is the um, this is a, a forewarning about this episode mm-hmm. that it might very well be the most boring episode we do all year. So I'm just oh, telling people that ahead, just ahead it, of time. It will be. However, we're going to make it fun. Are we? Oh yeah. I like okay. I like it. That's great. As let's we do always do. Yeah. So okay, let's make it. How are we gonna make it fun? We're gonna break this down to a couple of things. Because are you gonna take kno- your shirt off? Because everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Sure. If everybody. Okay. <laughs> everybody knows that I love history, so we're gonna talk history of the Treasury and the Fed real quick. A little brief history lesson for everybody, and then we're gonna we're gonna really get into how that affects all this other stuff. Why interest rates affect people. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, let's, Ty, let's Ty, have you seen Hamilton? I have seen Hamilton. Okay, great. The great segue. Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hamilton. Just you wait. Just you wait. Sorry, uh, I'll stop. Okay, go ahead. Hamilton. Why? He was really a big proponent of the United States having its own bank, national bank. He was head of the treasury. 
he's the one that fought with Jefferson about all that stuff. Just watch the musical. You'll see it. All right? Because they wanted to basically control everybody and unify them into this centralized government. Then, you know, whatever, go through all the years, and there's all these different changes between what the U.S. Central Bank was supposed to do, what their job was. You have all kinds of stuff. Then the Civil War hits, and then they really try to centralize everything and control it. It doesn't really work out, because probably from about 1870 to, like, end of the Great Depression, 1940s, is probably the most turbulent economic time in all of human history. Yeah, it's ab- crazy. Absolutely. So financially turbulent. Exactly. Because you've got you've got America trying to become a financial superpower. And I mean things like Great Depression, two major world war. I mean you've got all kinds of economic and financial turmoil going on at that time. You know, and we don't we don't really understand what it was like 100, 150 years ago when we're talking about localized banks producing their own notes as specie that they can take around and everybody's supposed to accept it as payment. Like, we're not used to that kind of thing. Although, you know what's kind of funny now that you're talking about it? How interesting is that that that's kind of we're, like what... We're going back crypt, to... Yeah, with crypto, right? <laughs> true, true. Everything, nothing changes because everything stays the same, right? It's so crazy. That is such an interesting... I didn't even think about that until you literally just said that. That's pretty wild. Okay, anyways, go ahead. Well, and, and so, you know, you obviously gold and silver have played a part, and then you just have banks that, that would say, okay, we've got so much gold on deposit, so here's your uh, your bank notes you can take around and buy corn and, and chickens with. So we get to the point of this, this idea that they create the Federal Reserve System, and that's in the, the teens, 19 teens with Woodrow Wilson. And the whole, the whole idea of it is to really start to centralize monetary policy in the United States. Right. And it's, I mean, really the the crux behind all of that, right, is just to make sure that everybody's congruent, everybody's following the same rules. You don't have, talk about the Wildcat Bank a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, the Wildcat Bank, you go back into the 1830s, that's the kind of thing where, where just a bank could just set up anywhere. Anybody could have a bank anywhere. They could charter it with the state and they could run their own thing and they wouldn't have actual money. They would just have promissory notes. And it was just that this promissory note was worth X amount of dollars or whatever the case may be. And those things would come and go within years, a couple of years, and people who had money deposit the bank was just gone within a couple months, right? And so that that was kind of the story for lots of the, the banking world all for, for a long, long time. So anyway, we, we get into the, the turn of the century. And uh, so now we got this idea where there's going to be a centralized system that is going to tie all bank banks together. It's going to tie how people get money, how they use money, how they get paid, and it's going to tie it all into one basic centralized system. Now, there's been a lot of changes since that, that system to where we are today. In fact, it was what the 80s, early 80s, where we went to um, uh, what was the what was the like legislation? The, the- the uh i'm trying to think what of what it was called well it's the one it's it's the one where it basically made the federal reserve system one acting unit rather than separate regions oh gotcha yeah yeah i forget what the, um, the legislation was called but yeah I, I can't remember off the top of my head either i, I thought you were talking about like because that's where you really start to see the bond world change too is in the 80s because because you saw such a crazy spike in inflation and a crazy spike i mean that's when you have like 
in the mid eighties, you had that weird, crazy gas run. I mean, all kinds of insane things. And, and so you started to see the, the, uh, some of the policies change and it was about that exact same time that it, what you're talking about happened. Uh, yeah, well, it's a yeah. result of that. Yeah. Cause, cause what happened was they had 12 regional banks in the federal reserve system, right? They broke the country up into 12 different regions and there was one federal reserve bank in each region that was kind of in, uh, in charge of the monetary policy of that region. And, but what happened was, is, is that because it was too fractured, uh, there wasn't enough uh, centralization of money, which is the problem. And that's where you start to see kind of some of the supply issues we see now for different reasons. But um, a lot of that stuff happened. And of course, there were other reasons for that too. Reagan gets into office and, and, and really wants to just basically n- make everything function in one simple way. And so that's where you have this move towards one centralized location. There's still the regional banks. The Federal Reserve Board is made up of 12 different banks. And then you've got the, what, the Office of Monetary Committee, FOMC. What's it called? Yeah, Federal Open Market Committee. Market Committee. Yeah. Well, I, the, the other thing that's interesting about that too, though, is, is – um, I just I think we got to stress that point that it's really important to understand because Powell is the head of the, the the reserve right now, right? Yes, there still are the regional Federal Reserve banks, but it I, it really is one in purpose right now, right? It really is one, you know, that's the main. It's basically running as one body. Yeah. Well, they had the they had the twelve before certainly because there were certain regions of the country that needed different. Um, uh, policies because of just whatever they did, like Michigan was going to be different from Georgia, but now everything is the same. I mean, the economy of Washington is not that much different from the economy of Virginia in in many many ways, and also because of just interstate commerce on the internet. So yeah, they've they've consolidated this down to basically where all the banks follow one policy, and that's basically what the Federal Reserve Board puts together, and the Chairman Powell is in charge of that. And it's, it's important to remember the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell is appointed by the president. Right. It's a big deal. It's a very it's big very deal. very big the thing deal. Is, it's, it's, the other thing I want to talk about, too, with this is, is most people don't think much about that, that uh, appointment, right? Because this, this, is, this is really boring stuff, right? <laughs> but, but it's crazy how powerful of a position that really is and how much of an impact that actually has on people's portfolios. Um, anyways, I, I do want a, a quick little tangent to that too. There's a really, really good read, "The World Is Flat" by Thomas Friedman. Uh, it, it, it talks about the evolution of economies and and how the world really. It, it, this is kind of what it's talking about, right? As technology is improving and things like that. How, uh, and this is exactly why we're talking about the Federal Reserve really kind of being one, one in purpose now. Because you're right, what's happening in different states is it's all pretty much the same now across the board for all of us. Right. So anyways, there's a lot of interesting things and theories and, 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 you know, Friedman kind of talks about what he, where he thinks things are going to go in the future. And it's, it's interesting as it relates to what we're seeing today. So, yeah, well, and, and, you know, so this federal reserve system, um, it's main function, there's a couple of different things that it does, right. And all of it's related essentially is related to the supply of money in the economy and how these, they have different tools that they use to try to either expand how much money's in the market, 
or contract or bring in how much money is in the market. So now, Ty, you're going to explain that. There's and and there's there's all kinds of different economic theories for for anybody you know that does has taken you know micro and macroeconomics in college. You do talk about Keynesian theory, monetary policy. There's there's different theory. We're not going to dive into all that because again we we're trying to keep this as not boring as possible. But the idea <laughs> we're doing is a great job. We're doing the a great idea job. with well, yeah we are <laughs> okay. So so where we've talked about what's been going on over the last you know ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years is this idea of quantitative easing, right? Where the Federal Reserve is basically, it, it well, happened. Well, hold up. Before you get there, talk about what, because you get to quantitative easing, what is it that the Fed can do, Federal Reserve? What are their basic things that they can do? So a couple things. I mean, they can lower their interest rate, right? And for they what? Can also, What's the interest rate for? So what are they doing we, the Federal Reserve rate, right? And that's basically the bank of banks, right? People can go borrow money, so a bank can go to the Fed, borrow money at a very low rate, turn turn around and lend that money, right? And so so you think about that, it's like it's it's so so when the Federal Reserve does that, right? It it think think about this. So if you're going to the bank to get a loan for your car, for your business, or or even credit cards, right? And how much interest they charge, things like that. If if they if if my bank is going to the Fed and they're and the Fed's going to charge them three percent, my bank's going to turn around and probably charge me five, six, seven percent, right? So what's happened? Or so now, okay, f- go back to two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right? Our economy crumbles. So a couple things can happen. A, a couple things happen. The, the Fed lo- starts lowering that that interest rate, right? And then quantitative easing is another measure, which where it's like, okay, we want to. We'll, we'll we'll buy back. We'll do this. We'll, we'll do this um, this process or this method of we'll buy specific. You know, and there's different things. They'll buy different government securities, right? And because they go out and buy them in the open market, essentially it pushes more money back into the the money, right? And and they can also print more money. There's there's a couple of different ways they can do it. They can either be buying back securities. They can be printing more money, but the idea is they like to do that with quantitative easing. They like to buy back the securities more and, and, and so that they can push push the monies into the economy that way, right? Now the problem is is when you do that, there's there's a there's a there's a strong connection and correlation between lowering that Federal Reserve rate, quantitative easing, and being able to like kind of like you can only play that hand so many times, right? Because you can you can you can only compress you can only buy so much and you can only compress the Fed rate so low, right? Technically, you could go to a negative Fed rate. You could. Other countries have done it, but it becomes very, very problematic, and it's a it's a pretty bad sign if that's happening. So let's talk about that because that's that's kind of an important point because we're really, really seeing that now. What's what is the problem with them doing that too often, too much, too you know? In the last decade, we've done it a lot. Well, right. So okay. So again, let's let's talk about the 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 lowering of the Fed rate. So the problem is like we're talking about, you can only go so low, and then the idea is like, okay, it's like you've got you've got to let 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 off on the gas. So things have got to you've got to slow it down. And what can happen is it can slow down your economy, right? And the other the other thing that is 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 kind of related to it, um, when when you've done quantitative easing, when you're adjusting the interest rates like that. What can happen is is 
it can also spike inflation because again you've kind of compressed those rates down and they've got to they've got to come back up because you want them to come back up to a normal healthy trading level and, and and interest level so that if now five years down the road something else happens that's crazy in the economy you can do it again right because again if you start going negative it has it has international repercussions uh let's just say historically countries that have gone into the negative that, that have a similar system to us countries that have gone into a negative fed rate uh have not fared well right so again you can only play the hand so many times and once you've gone that low it, it, it's not like okay we've dropped rates or we've done some quantitative easing and we can just come right back from it right there are ramifications and so the idea is uh, that's basically where we got to it and with covid right we saw interest rates drop uh, in fact, last year was an unprecedented number, like insanely low interest rates for mortgages, uh, unprecedented number of refinances, home purchases, right? Because the Fed's like, holy crap, we've got a giant global pandemic. We got once once people go back to work, we got to get things, we got to get these wheels turning in the economy, right? So 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 again, they had to utilize quantitative easing methods, uh, you know, and keeping the Fed rate low, things like that. So so. Now what we're hearing today, right? Because we've we've used they've used this policy, they've used this this economic um, tool, if you will, right? So that's been done. Federal reserves have dropped. I mean, that's why people are getting mortgage rates at you know twos, threes. That's why auto loans are insanely low. I mean, goodness gracious, I have a, a small auto loan on my my truck and I'm literally like my interest rate is actually zero, right? Like, like that's, there's, they're, 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 basically the banks got the money so cheap, they're able to make up other incentives to where they can, they can give me a truck for no, no cost of interest, right? That's insane. So, so it's nice because we kind of get some perks, but it comes with a price tag, right? So, so that's what we've all been experiencing the last couple of years and even, you know, 2013, 2008, right? All these different times where they've used these policies and, and tools, right? Well, now when you, when you start to, like we talked about, pump the brakes and let off the gas and you're, you've got to let those rates kind of come back up and you stop this whole like federal policy, federal reserve policy of buying back these, you know, these, these uh, longer term securities, right? Government backed securities. When that happens and those rates come up, if your economy is not strong enough to handle that or absorb that, then what can happen is also you can see an inflation spike or you can see an economic slowdown, either or, or both, right? If you see both of those happening at the same time, right? That's stagflation. Very, back very, in the 70s. very, very bad. Exactly, right? Exactly. In fact, um, in the mid, uh, mid 2013s, we saw the Fed as they were, again, there's been about, depending on who you ask, about seven, eight, nine different usages of quantitative easing since 2008, right? And as, as they were kind of tapering, when, when you hear the word tapering, right, what, what, what we're referring to is they're tapering off, they're, they're backing off of this quantitative easing of buying. They're not buying as much of these, they're not buying as many of these um, long-term securities in the open market, okay? So that's tapering. Well, when that happens, sometimes the market, they, they call it the, uh, uh, a lot of, in, uh, you know, investors and analysts call it the taper tantrum of 2013, right? The taper tantrum, right? So, so it's actually interesting this year, as the Fed has talked about tapering, 
the the markets haven't really balked at specifically at the tapering, which is a good which is good. It's a really good sign, right? And even too, just a couple of days ago, you know, the Fed basically came out and said, okay, we we know exactly what we're gonna do, right? We're gonna adjust the Fed rate basically three times, right? Once a year for the next three years. We're also going to, you know, slow down our 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 quantitative easing, our our buying of these securities. So that's gonna be less monetary supply. And the uh, the markets actually responded yesterday pretty positively to it, right? So what that tells me is, and what 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 really is going on with that is, okay, again, they're they're tapering off, they're they're letting off the gas, hitting the brake a little bit, and the markets are responding. Now, again, it's been a crazy volatile couple of weeks, so some people may say I'm totally wrong. But in my opinion, I feel like the the markets themselves are responding pretty positively to what the Fed's talking about doing, right? With with the tapering method that they're planning on using. So, so that was very long winded. But between the way the Feds manage the Federal Reserve rate, the way that they handle the quantitative easing, where the the way they handle that buying right of those securities, those are methods in which. You know they can kind of help keep the economy running, things like that. So, because uh, I think a lot of times, you know, people uh, think in terms of, well, we can just print more money. That obviously is part of it, but it's it's a more effective process to try to utilize the money that's already out, right? To know how much money is out there and to manipulate these different methods for doing it. Because really, in very simplified terms. You know, we talk about quantitative easing, we talk about the Fed rate, we talk about these different methods. All the Fed is trying to do is they're either trying to put more money out or they're trying to bring more money back. Because that has its effects on the economy in one way or another. Because if there's more money, you know, they're buying more of these. They're putting more money out into the market. That just means more people have more money to do more things. Right? Because really, I mean, it... I had a really hard time with some of these concepts at one point, right? Before I ever got into college and high school and just like, I don't even understand how any of this works. And I started to realize, oh, the economy only actually works when, when money can just be moved around. As long as people can have the ability and the, I don't know, confidence to take their money and go buy something, maybe put an investment, maybe do this, maybe do that. It's when everybody stops doing that is when we have some of these issues. And that's kind of what they need to try to figure out is how do we get rid of confidence? You bring up some really, and I, that's a great example. You bring up some great points here about like confidence and the perception of money and flow. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's why, you know, Powell says one thing or the other, the, the Fed starts to make some decisions one way or the other. And all of a sudden you see, you know, the markets, you know, like again, yesterday the market was down about what half a percent, you know, three quarters of a percent. And then as soon as Powell was done talking, we kind of got a better sense of what the Fed's going to do. Just shut straight up. Yeah, the day the, the S&P closed almost up 2%, 2.5% swing. Now, it's crazy. It had a little bit of a of a of a letdown today because of technology the technology sector, but that this is a good a really good point, right? So so I like what you talk about as far as the perception and the confidence in what's kind of going on with that monetary supply. Another key thing too you talked about, which I think is important, where the whole printing of money versus quantitative easing and you know whatever different methods are used. The one problem you can have, I think, 
maybe talk about that a little bit more. You know, when, when you, all of a sudden you print too much money, why has that become problematic, right? I think people need to understand that. Yeah, well, so I mean, why don't you explain it, that to us? Yeah, I mean, it's just the the idea that you want to believe that every dollar that you've got has some sort of value to it based on a good or service of some sort, right? There's some sort of equilibrium between what the money represents as far as goods and services. So if we just all of a sudden just take, like if you just all of a sudden had a million dollars just given to you, or everybody in America was given a million dollars, we would just go haywire because there's not enough of goods and services to back up how much money dollar bills that people would have in their accounts. So it gives a very false sense of what is going on if you just print money. And so it's a really troubling idea to think about rather than if they sell securities, treasuries, or buy them, right? That's the good or that's the asset right, that is exchanging there. So someone is putting money out, but they're getting something in return. You just give people money, they're not getting anything in return. It's a real problematic part for the economy. Well, and the other thing too, so that, that's a, I, I like that. That's a good thought as far as just like, you know, uh, it, it can definitely have a lot of uh, unforeseen consequences. All of a sudden you just dump a ton of money on people. But there's also a reason why we call it the monetary supply, right? It's supply and demand. And, and as funny as it sounds, there actually is an element of supply and demand to the amount of dollars in the actual economy, right? Now, and this is kind of where this is kind of where it's interesting what's happening nowadays when you when you kind of move in this idea and concept of, of the cryptocurrencies, right? Because a lot of people are now saying, well, there's not really actual dollars out there, so who cares, right? It's more ones and zeros, right? And blockchain, like like it's more digital now. So I don't want to get off on that tangent, but anyways, it's interesting, but. So that's actually a problem you can have is that if also you get too many dollars and too much printed money out there, you have too much supply, there's not as much demand, it can start to throw stuff out of whack. In fact, I have, uh, and, 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 and to take that one further step, this is why the whole, this whole quantitative easing, tapering, everything, the reason that's so razor thin as to what it, how it can impact the economy is anytime we're talking about this and you're talking about how goods and services are, are bought and sold and exchanged, that adjusts the price of things, which now we're starting to talk about inflation, right? So when you've pushed everything artificially down so low, when it starts to spring back up, if it springs too fast, all of a sudden you have a huge spike in inflation. Now, now don't, don't confuse what's going on right now with inflation with the Fed tapering and doing all these things because really we're, we're in an inflationary state because of COVID, in my opinion, right? inflation wouldn't be this high if the economy had been humming along normally the last couple of years, right? So, but that's, again, that's the whole point here is that's the problem with some of these methods is when you start to kind of come back from it, even though your economy is doing well, can your economy really support it? If it can't, and you start to get some, some of these, these, these numbers and checks and balances out of whack, like we're talking about, then you have inflation pop, right? So all of a sudden it's like, now, now if it's like, well, crap, you know, my, you know, whatever I need to do, like go buy groceries if it's more expensive. Well, I'm just not going to buy as many groceries, right? I'm not going to buy any more as much, you know, as many luxury items at the grocery store, right? Like the fancy steak or cheese or whatever. So, so now that starts to slow the economy down, right? So inflation is really 
kind of uh what's a good analogy it's kind of like a wet cat right cat cats don't like to get wet right okay they don't, yeah. they don't like to get wet okay and so so it's like trying to get a cat wet or gra- get a cat that's gotten fallen in the pool like dude they're going crazy and it's hard to get a hold of them right okay that's kind of how inflation is as it relates to handling these these different you know monetary policies is i as much as the fed likes to think they have a control on everything you know it's it's not as easy to keep uh, keep keep the reins on these things as they think. So that's what's scary. That's why that's why investors freak out with inflation. So, well, in fact, you, you, yeah, I mean, sorry, the, last the idea, thought. That, that's yeah, that's why tech is selling off today. That's why the only reason that tech has a big sell off today is there still is this this kind of underlying fear of inflation, which is funny because, to be frank, inflation's being managed very well in my opinion. But that's why the technology is freaking out today. Is these people are like, well, if inflation spikes, one of the first things to go is going to be a lot of this tech stuff. So, right. Yeah. Well, and the, the idea of the supply and demand, and that's kind of the, the goal that the Fed wants to create is this balancing act between the supply and demand. They want to make sure that the, that the demand for cars meets the supply of well enough that prices don't go out of whack. Because... 10 people want one car and they all have money, there's going to be a bidding war for who gets the car. I mean, look at what the housing market did in the last year. There are bidding wars on homes because everybody's got money because if you've got stimulus checks, you've got EIDL loans, <laughs> you've, you've got very low interest rates. Oh, crazy low interest rates. Yeah. Right? So you create this burst of new buyers and it just like ratches it up and now you get FOMO buying that happens FOMO investing that way but I, one other thing I wanted to bring up I was thinking about with this is this is one of the arguments for cryptocurrency because you cannot manipulate the supply and demand of the crypto of the, a, su- of the a, supply because yeah, it's, it's finite yeah Bit, Bitcoin's finite and the new bitcoins that come out is finite, or uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a process that cannot be manipulated. You can't just all of a sudden add ten bitcoins to the system because things aren't working well. So there there is sort of this theory that goes in with it as to why if you talk to anybody that's that's you know way steep into crypto theories, that's one of the biggest ones. Cannot be manipulated, so therefore it's going to be a better system. I don't particularly agree at this point, but. Uh, it is one of those arguments. Right. Well, and that's, yeah, in fact... Actually, I don't know. I shouldn't say I don't agree with it because what, what I'm not sure that I agree with is how it's actually going to stabilize and be used as a currency. That's the question. I, 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 I agree. That's what's you know, interesting with the whole thing is it's, it, it's too... I mean, we talk about instabilities and volatility within the inflationary markets and, and the Federal Reserve System, and it's like... It, it it's not even close to how volatile the crypto markets and currencies are, right? Well, it's not, like, not even remotely. Right, and and so so it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, that's why I'm not as. I mean, I think there's definitely technology and usage that will just like we talked about with the FOMO, with the dot com bubble, right? There's definitely stuff that 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 stayed on, right? That was still that still has tested like Amazon, right? I mean, Amazon survived the 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 dot com bubble, but look at Amazon evolving, right? I mean, what was Amazon to begin with? It was basically like 
selling books e-books. out of a garage. Yeah, books. Yeah, books. Right. Now you can get anything. So, yeah, exactly. I literally just ordered a uh, windshield scraper from Amazon. It's not from. It's not from China. <laughs> and batteries. Windshield scraper. Windshield scraper and batteries. That's what I ordered today. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so and again. So is crypto going to stay? And oh, this is turning into a crypto discussion. But it's like it yeah. It's some good... of that technology. Our currencies. Our our economic functionality in this country i think is going to evolve and there's going to be pieces of that 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 kind of intertwine in my opinion but yeah it's like look our the way in fact people think i'm crazy they're like oh you love joe biden or whatever it's like no look i don't care i honestly am politically agnostic i don't care right i don't Mm -hmm. but the fed has managed inflation very well this year and you know what's interesting too? I just was looking at it because everybody keeps the the the, the taglines, the the clickbait right now is tech is freaking out because of inflationary scares. Okay, well you can go to Treasury.gov and see the daily Treasury rates, right? Interest rates, right? You can see the one month Treasury, two month, six month, three year, five year, seven, ten, twenty, thirty years, right? You can see all the different rates. I like the ten year. I look at the ten year. Right. Yeah, it's Look a, at the a good one. Uh-huh. The ten-year peaked around when were we? Around April, about one point seven in the in the mid one point sevens percent, one point seven percent. Right. Uh, and we actually saw a decent little sell-off when it was spiking, spiking like that. So back then, I was like, "Crap, inflation might be getting away from us. We may need to we may need to rethink the portfolios." Right. Again, everybody's now freaking out again, and it's like, why? Like we're the, the the treasury rates are and again that's it's not the end all be all i get that but i'm still looking at them like uh, we were at 1.35 like oh, a, a week and a half ago right yeah we're at 1.4 right now like the rates are still to be frank quite low and i think the fed's managing it well because the, basically the fed's like look yeah we're gonna raise the fed rate and we're gonna stop buying as much stuff so you would think that the markets would be like oh crap and all of a sudden you'd see, start to see inflation pop even more Right. That's what that's what if if we had an unhealthy economy, that's what you would have seen. We're not seeing it. We're not. Why? Because we have a pretty damn good system. The Federal Reserve is a pretty good system. And I think Powell is doing a very good job. And and we've just got an economy that has been very dynamic, too, in response to COVID. Now, granted, absolutely. We we can make arguments about how technology has taken over. And, um, uh, you know, that's not necessarily the best thing either. But yeah, because we're because we can't we can't figure out how to connect on a podcast yeah. when we're five feet apart. <laughs> we yeah, connect exactly. better when we're three hundred miles apart. Yeah, that maybe it's funneled uh, money into five companies in the last year. But what it doesn't change, what it doesn't change, is it doesn't change the fact that the economy has responded in a way that is allowing it to keep going in spite of all of that. So that's a very good sign. I agree a thousand percent, man. That's 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 a big deal, right? And that that's why if you if you look at a lot of the clickbait, if you see what's going on, a lot of people. Anytime people talk about the Fed tapering, it's like, <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, right, just like that. It's exactly what they're thinking. This guy is falling. It's like, oh my hell, no, it's not. It's not. Now, again, are we in a precarious position? Absolutely, because we have to back off. We have to pump the brakes. But 
again, it's I. It, the roads are icy here, right? You hate Utah, uh, uh, Utah County because yes. it's cold and snowy. For, and it's not and, and lots of other you reasons. Hate, you hate snow. Oh, <laughs> man, come on. You, but there's lots of snow, and so it's like it's almost like you got to pump the brakes on ice, and you're like, crap, I don't want to ram into the car in front of you. Got to do like, it slowly. Got to do it. Pump, pump the brakes. Yeah. Pump the brakes. Not not slam the brakes. That's what I'm saying. The the Fed, they're doing a good job not crashing into any other cars. So. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody settle down. Chill out. <laughs> Chill out. No, I get it. I get it. Because you know what's interesting? Random side note. Here we go. We are seeing, if you, if you look at the, the, the percentage, the number of, so volatility is measurements of swings up and down, right? If you look at five, it, like if you look at five year increments, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, like as you look at those different increment levels, the level of volatility, I think, is higher right now. You have more quick swings up and down than you ever have. And I, I think it's there. It's it's no wonder that that's the case when you look at the Robinhoods of the world, the robo advisors of the world. The thing, more and more people have more and more access to make trades. Yep. So again, it's like don't, don't be, don't let the masses making fear-based moves influence you when actually things are humming along nicely, right? That's why I think there's more volatility than ever is because of the the common investor now. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I don't think the common investor is bad. I think it's a good thing. I love people being empowered. But we also have to just chill out a little bit when we think about that. So Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I didn't think that was boring. I, I mean, it was a little bit. Okay. I rambled that one that one chunk when I talked about the Fed and how they quantitative like that was boring. I rambled yeah, about fifteen minutes. Yeah, in that period of time I was thinking about what I was gonna get for dinner. Yeah, what are you gonna get? I don't know. A lot of good places to eat around here. It's true. Go stimulate the economy. There you go. Buy a nice dinner. True. <laughs> so yeah, Federal it's, Reserve. You're, you're you're buying dinner on the company card, so you're you're not worrying about stimulating the economy. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Uh, All right, well, well Anything else you wanna you wanna put a put a, a little uh, you know, um for those of us that end to this um just letting everybody know thanks for everybody that uh, chimed in for our ETF challenge ooh yeah we're gonna have our it's first a, update a, it, coming up right it's up and running yeah probably next week we'll give the although I don't know are we gonna record next week with it being Christmas we Maybe should we should do a special we should, Christmas one yeah we'll see you know what let's just get on and sing Christmas carols. Oh, okay. holy night. No. Uh, yeah, we'll give an update Oof. next week. Um, like, there's Java the Hut. Uh, I can't say the one that I like a lot because it's a little <laughs> risque. Um, I know. We told bowl. everybody not to. Not running my investments. Not mm. running or ruining? Not not. Ru- oh, not running my investments. That's one of my running buddies. That's why he did Not that running. One. There you go. Not running my investments. Um. Anyways, yeah. So we'll have an update next week on the uh, ETF challenge. So. Okay. I that's, that's I, I want to see who's in first place. Actually, and I also want to see who's in last place. We should give a last place prize. There's gonna be. We should. We should do like a. Oh, we're gonna do a little trophy, huh? Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Yeah, we're gonna do a trophy. I don't think we told people we're gonna do that. We're gonna do a trophy. Trophy and your iPod Pros, Air, 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 AirPod Pros. Not, not not my AirPod Pros, not these ones I'm wearing, but a new, new a brand set. out of the box AirPod Pros. Because yeah. I don't think people want my AirPod Pros. Yeah. It's kind of got like all my ear 
stuff on it. You know, it's definitely gross. gross. Huh? Okay. Well, that's hey, good. Thanks for, thanks for coming up to Utah County, bud. Hey, I loved it. Been a great time. Okay. I'm, I'm leaving right now. Okay. All right. We'll see everybody next week before Christmas. Thanks, Ty. Awesome. See you, bud. See Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Rye podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.